Hello, pod people. I'm DA, and welcome to Millennial Edition. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we discuss a workplace phenomenon that has quietly swept through the American workforce like a storm. As always, remember to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, and follow us on Twitter to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so let's dive right in. So it came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, we started seeing headlines everywhere. Employees are quiet quitting all over America. And maybe like many of you, I was confused as to where this was all of a sudden coming from. Well, in all actuality, no one can verify with certainty where the term quiet quitting originated from, but many believe that the term first made its debut on the social media app TikTok. And if you are new to the podcast, we like to start off with some definitions to ensure that we are all on the same page. So what does it mean when employees quietly quit? Quiet quitting is defined by actually not quitting your job. An employee simply resigns themselves to no longer going above and beyond in their daily work practices. They simply perform the duties of the role and nothing else. Some have classified this as an employee doing the bare minimum. I like to define it as an employee no longer being at the beck and call of their corporation. Corporations who own the souls of employees and drain every last ounce of energy from them as they are forced to work all hours of the day and night, responding to every email and ping for very little pay. So where did this model of work come from in America? Well, Professor Robert Wobbles, who is an economic professor at Wake Forest University, stated that in the 1800s, the average American worked over 70 hours per week. This was because many were employed in agricultural fields. But he explains that as work came more into the public consciousness, the average amount of time that a person would spend at work steadily decreased. BusinessInsider.com reported that in 1890, which for the history buffs who are listening, is the time period that marks the end of the Civil War in the U.S. and the start of the Reconstruction Era. But in the 1890s, the average American worked over 100 hours per week. It was in 1938 when Congress passed the Fair Labor Standards Act, which officially set the minimum working hours to 44 hours per week. Should an employee work over that 44 hour per week minimum, the company was required to pay that employee overtime. In 1940, the Congress amended the act to the 40 hour work week we know today. The Bureau of Labor Statistics has confirmed that as of 2021, the average American works about 38.7 hours per week, which works out to about 7.8 hours a day. However, in a survey conducted by Ernst & Young, the average American reported working about 60 to 80 hours per week. And as a result, as reported by Forbes.com, a survey conducted by the Harris Poll for Samsonite in 2022 Out of the 800 employees that they surveyed, 56% of them stated that they were burned out. And I do recognize that the pandemic had a profound effect on our modern working culture. Because pre-pandemic, we all damn near killed ourselves for the very little bit of money that barely covered the cost of living. 
And then came the pandemic and what a traumatic time it was for all of us. During the pandemic, many of us realized we wasted all of our years at work because this deadly virus was literally killing our nation with such rapid force. And it forced many of us into a new working reality. Many people lost their jobs both temporarily and permanently. Many lost their lives working during the pandemic, and we obviously know that to be true for those in service-based positions like medical professionals who had to attend patients during the deadly period. And so post-pandemic, and I say that with a little bit of a caution because while the pandemic is not as bad as it once was, people are still unfortunately catching the new strains and some are unfortunately still dying. But it is in this post-pandemic period where we noticed a surge in the need for workers across just about every industry. This surge became something that I had never experienced before as a millennial in my entire life. Post-pandemic, we moved into what they are calling an employee market. An employee market is defined and characterized by essentially the employees having the upper hand in choosing which position and company they will work for. Employers are at a deficit in finding talent, which means they are experiencing longer periods of time where their positions are remaining unfilled, and they are forced to roll out the red carpet in order to compete with other corporations for, for talent. As a result, employees are being offered bigger salaries, larger incentives, and even shorter working weeks. The employee market has turned our American working culture on its head, and in many ways, it has democratized better compensation and incentives. Can't get your current employer to give you a raise? No problem. You can go to a new corporation who will roll out the red carpet for your talent and get that massive check. But many employees are not just keen on packing it all up and quitting their employers. That's where quiet quitting has come in. As the term quiet quitting is said to be popularized by the Gen Z and millennial generations, it is no surprise that 82% of the Gen Z and millennial employees who were surveyed in a study conducted by Axios stated that they fully prescribed to the phenomena as reported by fortune.com. In fact, in that same survey, 12% admitted that they were already quietly quitting by performing the bare minimum. Now, before some of our older listeners get judgmental, and yes, I can literally hear you screaming at your device, a reminder that millennials came of working age during the Great Recession. Then we had a decade of recovery where the employment market was still very shaky, only then to move into the pandemic period where we ended up losing all those gains. So go easy on us, okay? In the survey conducted by Axios, the largest factor that caused the participants to quietly quit their employers was the issue of not feeling fairly compensated for their work. And 52% of the participants stated that. When the participants were asked what was most important to them, 36% stated time with their families. 30% stated the importance of their own mental health. What these responses demonstrate is that the millennial generation is no longer prescribing to the model of work where work becomes the center of their whole lives, their reason for being. Our workforce culture thrives on an exploitation model. That model has its roots in slavery. History has shown that our country's economy was literally built up on the backs of humans, the enslaved. They were brutalized and never compensated for their labor. And as our nation progressed, we didn't stray too far from that model. While corporations are now paying for labor, many report unfair and low wages and deeply troubling working conditions. We know that as it stands today, there remains both gender and racial disparities 
disparities in compensation. And overall, corporations were getting more labor from employees than they were willing to pay for. A survey conducted by Genzibar of about 2,200 participants found that 47% of the adults surveyed believe that they were underpaid as reported by VentureBeat. CNBC.com interviewed some millennials to understand why they were prescribing to quiet quitting. And 32-year-old Daniela Flores stated it best. She explained that she works for an IT company and that her and her coworkers work anywhere from 50 to 60 hours per week. So essentially, they are working the level of hours people worked during the Civil War. And she goes on to explain that although the company recognized that they were working hard, every time either herself or a coworker would ask for either a raise to their title or in their salary, they basically were ignored and not taken seriously. That's when she decided to start setting boundaries to bring her working hours back down to 40, 45 hours per week. So if corporations are scrambling right now to find new ways to keep employees happy and engaged, maybe our nation can once and for all move away from the model of corporate exploitation. For millennials especially, we had to go above and beyond working long hours for little pay just to keep a job during the Great Recession. And because it was an employer market, we endured all types of exploitation to hopefully not become a part of the layoffs when they came around. While we accepted low pay and pay cuts, corporations got richer. They got bailouts, and despite the harsh economic conditions, their wealth continued to grow while we stood in red lines. Well, this quiet quitting phenomena shows us that those days are over. I think employees have had enough, and we are seeing radical shifts in the American workforce. And these shifts are being propelled by those in the Gen Z and the millennial generations. Millennials are now the largest workforce, making up 35% of workers, or 56 million workers, according to the Pew Research Center. So to all the millennials listening out there, go ahead and step in your power. If a corporation wants your amazing talent, make them compensate you fairly for it. If they refuse or give you a hard time and you don't want to leave, then yes, only complete work for what they are paying for and no more unless you want to. You are valuable and you deserve to be valued. If that statement seems too radical for corporate America, well, I think it's radical that during the Great Recession, the recovery, the pandemic, and even post-pandemic, corporations got richer. That to me is wild and something needs to change. And my advice for corporations, you literally hold all of the power and all of the gold. You can do better by employees. Not only some employees or your favorite employees, you should do right by all employees. Instead of using your power and money to exploit employees and union bust, how about you flip that model on its head and be generous to those who work for you? For those listening who sit at the top, at this point, you shouldn't need an employee that you know is working really hard to come to you asking for a raise. Yeah, I said it. You heard me right. In 2022, where you are spending money to spy on your employees to make sure that their productivity stays high, how about you instead use that money to offer raises and more incentives? How about engaging burned out workers in order to understand their needs? 
If you as a boss enjoy a bonus at the end of the year, then those who work hard for you who made that possible should also enjoy a bonus as well. If you find that certain employees are working an excessive amount of hours because that is what it takes for them to complete their tasks and you are benefiting from it, figure out a way to compensate them for their work. If you don't want to do it with money, how about offering them a shorter work week? Do they really need to work all five days? How about giving them extra vacation days? How about giving money or sponsoring their next vacation? There are so many ways to equalize the playing field and showing your support for those who work so hard for you. And if you don't want to do any of those things that I suggested above, then at the very least, you should at least ensure that your employees are working no more than the standard 40 hours a week. And if they do, at the very least, you should pay a fair compensation for the work you are receiving. Because if quiet quitting has taught us anything, it has shown us that inevitably it was always coming to this. And frankly, as a millennial, I welcome this revolution. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Millennial Edition. If you have not already early voted, please make a plan to vote Tuesday, November 8th, and make sure you bring your friends to the polls. Our democracy depends on it. And I look forward to engaging with you all soon.